0: So, I am joined today by Ian Callanan. He's the live stream engineer and uh, podcast engineer for uh, the Skeptics Guide to the Universe, a uh, uh, very popular podcast out there. I think he also does like the uh, the touring live show audio. Though I'm sure he'll correct me if I'm wrong. There, that's true. I know he did the uh, the recent 2020 uh, North In- North England Skeptical Society conference, Nexus, uh, which was. Huge. I, I think he pulled that off in, like, almost no turnaround time, uh, figuring out how to do a completely digital conference um, after COVID hit and shut mm. down everyone's world. Freaking amazing. <laughs> um, and on top of that, he also edits and runs the live streams for the uh, popular Cognitive Distance podcast. Um, oh, last thing I'll mention, he's been a, a live gaming streamer uh, for uh, Mixer uh, for for years now. Um, and recently started partnering with uh, with Facebook Gaming. So, welcome,
1: Ian. Uh, how you doing? Good, thank you. That's more than most people know, so that's cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, I kind of keep it a little hush hush, or at least kind of um, separated, maybe, or you know, uh, between all these different properties. But that's that's cool. Some people like it. Some people figure it out
0: yeah i i mean i i had to go through a bit of a rabbit trail to find you mm-hmm. i think i i'm a patron of of some of those fine podcasts i mentioned earlier and i, I yeah. used their. i i figured that you were probably handling their social media so i kind of used that as an avenue to get in touch with you because uh, mm-hmm. as you point out you you do not really officially get listed on on those websites
1: not for any other reason other than that's it's fun it's just fun for me honestly
0: <laughs> yeah I, I get it it's kind of like it's kind of like you know you're the the producer in, in a way like you're not supposed to be on on camera um yeah and actually to that end you know the skeptics guide recently did their 2020 year interview and they had you on it as a guest for that episode and i thought it was so funny when you like you caught yourself like oh wait i was just listening to the podcast <laughs> like a, yeah funny. that was
1: funny steve was like hey you want to be on the year-end review show i was like ah okay uh, <laughs> sure <laughs> what do i have to do He's like, find some stories and then just join the call. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny. <laughs> I think
0: you do such a good job on those uh, SGU live streams though. Like for instance, you're, you're coming up on, with trivia games kind of seemingly on the fly. You know, they started mm-hmm. that that random kind of bingo thing where, you know, mm-hmm. the hosts say one of the random uh, catchphrases that, that people could mark it off on a, on a bingo card. And you're like, oh, and I threw like 30 suggestions out there. And like, pe- everyone was just like, what? yeah you're just really on top of it
1: yeah it it tried to be like really community or like chat focused like that kind of comes from my like live streaming mentality is that like hyper vigilant or focused on like the community as well as obviously the content so like that was obviously a a community idea they were Mm -hmm. like we should do like a bingo card and i was like oh i already know like i knew there was a bingo website out there and i was like okay i'll do that and then i just asked the patrons like hey give me some ideas and i'll put together some and, they, they, you know, they just came through and we're just like, you know, let's do it quick and fun and a little bit dirty, but it's fun, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I think that you've, you must have like a little toolkit of like Dark Energy Games, I think is one of them that you Yeah. Use. Mm-hmm. You, uh, I forget what the bingo card thing was that you use. Yeah, it's like
1: Bingo Maker or something bingo like Maker that. Uh, shout out to them. And yeah, Frank from uh, Dark Energy, he also was a listener and just like contacted us like, hey, I want to develop this game. And we are like, oh, that's great. And we've been working with them for like a couple months now, just trying to, you know, hone in like this whole science or fiction kind of idea or yeah. quiz game. Um, so it was pretty cool to see it kind of come to materialize after. I mean, this is all because of like the lockdown and like COVID hitting is we're like, what are we going to do to entertain people? You know, we right. could obviously just sit in front of the camera and just yak at them. But let's like make it a little more interactive beyond just, you know, just vomiting talking points to them
0: right and it kind of felt like i mean maybe my brain is all mixing up the timelines or anything but um Mm. it kind of felt like maybe the live streams got more interactive after after the uh uh, nexus 2020 event
1: yeah so i mean that's yeah nexus definitely like kind of spurned a lot of creativity in terms of we were we were just playing around with like what the studio could be and and Mm -hmm. the sgu studio you know is like Um, had the physical set and there was a lot of fun stuff that we were doing there and when we did Nexus and especially the game show portion of Nexus, you know, that's where we really kind of were like, let's strip down this stuff, put up a green screen, Mm -hmm. you know, have George Rob, you know, MC it and how can we add like all the weird stuff or like some fun stuff and that's like my world is like definitely, anybody who's like kind of seen my other secret projects knows that I'm kind of in the like weird mindset or like funny you know, creative video engine like that I, comes out of my brain, I guess. Um, and that's where we were, Jay and I and Steve and, and George were like, let's like really make this game show a fun experience. And then also Nexus, like really polished, like highly technical thing beyond just like a Zoom call with, you know, guests popping in. randomly. Yeah. Like, let's make it a full production. And so then that, yeah, that, that spurned, like, let's make the live stream also that. Like it can be you know not quite as you know technically challenging the live stream right. but uh at least interactive
0: so yeah i mean definitely we'll put a pin in in the technical challenges yeah. and stuff that you probably had to overcome <laughs> sure. for yeah. for Nexus 2020 but before we before we drill down in that i do want to kind of nerd out slightly on mm-hmm. just things like so like I had this intuition as a live streamer myself and a uh, live performer musician myself that like, it's probably a lot more complicated to do a live stream where you have four or five hosts from, you know, not in the same house. You know, it's not like they're all connecting to the same computer and then using the same internet connection to stream that out to the internet. Is it technically challenging to like, get host one like jay and one stream key i assume he needs and then like steve has his own stream key is that how it's organized
1: yeah there's a couple different products or or like platforms that we're using for the stream so there's uh zoom which like i'm using obs which is that's like the gold standard what i use yeah, personally yeah it's like obviously it's free but the the community is amazing in terms of plugin development and that's i love that because there's It's, it's hyper flexible, even though, you know, it's not, you know, as reliable, maybe as vmix. So you have
0: one OBS that's doing the main output stream.
1: So, yeah, so I have with the SGU a little behind the scenes breakdown is the it's it's mostly zoom call and then i'm capturing that window and then i'm putting it in obs and so then i have a couple scenes you know intro the starting soon screen where the music plays and i have like a stinger transition that thing that like flies through and then you see the obs and to have the top and the lower uh, third so, you know, graphics. so are you
0: cutting because like you split you have Steve in one aspect of the of the OBS stream, right? Which means that mm-hmm. you must be what cutting out that part of the application window of the Zoom that Steve is in.
1: Yeah, it's really just a window capture, and I yeah. mean, it's like uh, so. It's the whole thing; it's the whole grid of yep. that. And sometimes I'll zoom into them, and like that's just like a, a key command in Zoom that you mm-hmm. can just like you know toggle to speaker mode or whatever. Yeah. So like, there's some. It's easy but it's uh, it's not the best system honestly and and so it's uh, kind of it's a little hodgepodge and there's like a couple other systems that we've used previously to make it better and uh, one of them is restream studio um, which that one's really cool because the the video quality of each of the participants like they just click a link and they go open it in a web browser but it's like high res video rather than the zoom low res like compressed, you know, 480p essentially video so that you're getting in Zoom.
0: Is Restream Studio part an OBS product as well? or No,
1: it's a totally different thing. Um, so it's like it's uh, Restream initially was like a way so you can stream to multiple platforms. So you like mm-hmm. you stream to this one location and then you can stream like to, you know, 40 locations. And there are a bunch of them
0: right there's caster.io there's restream.io sure yeah
1: there's a bunch of them and uh but the restream studio is like it's a specialty product where you just like send out a link and it it's like a obs in the cloud essentially so you can bring in guests and then you can do overlays and you can play videos and you can do this and that and the other thing and we've used that actually one or a couple times on the sgu live stream for the studio portion we use restream the whole time for everything, because mm-hmm. we streamed to uh, three locations right. uh, when we're doing it, even through OBS. But like a couple times, we've used the studio just because people were not in front of their normal computer, or they wanted to, or Steve wasn't there, or something like that. Um, so yeah, that's definitely a, a super easy and high quality product to like just get in, like right out, like right on, like without too much uh, development work, you know, needed.
0: Was that the same solution that allowed you to, for instance? Restart cognitive distance live stream while you were in the emergency room. I assume waiting for your your recent uh, child to be born.
1: <laughs> yes, actually, that was restream studio. So that was uh well um, okay so you you've been watching all of them or you've been watching a lot of them because that's I mean it's only four months ago because my baby is like four I've been months. doing my research yeah okay cool very uh, good and I'm a giant giant oh nerd and so I'm <laughs> very detailed you know too much I hate yeah. it no it's fine uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so yeah so that was Restream Studio so yeah and I, I had actually done three or more live streams while i was in the hospital (laughs) i can't remember um so they they, yeah they had to expect it obviously that i wasn't gonna be there for that night um and then i just hopped on yeah and so that was just that's essentially restream studio i that was before like an earlier version so i had to like restart it right like now it's like a much smoother experience but it's it's pretty yeah it's, it's a pretty awesome little product um, I
0: figured you either had a cloud OBS solution or mm-hmm. you had set up the router for cognitive distances streaming machine mm-hmm. to make it a DMZ host and then like, we're directly connecting through like some sort of an app on your phone. Which, yeah, I do that which too locally.
1: Well, yeah, uh, I do but, that too. But like, I, I'll i connect like, uh, either like remote desktop or like Chrome remote yeah. desktop or whatever, like, and that I'll connect and like, you know, mess with Cecil PC if it's weird or, or other things, gotcha. you know? So, um, yeah, it's all of the above. You gotta have, you gotta be a jack of all trades when it comes to like this kind of stuff. Cause you need to be cognizant of like, how do you fix it on the fly? And also right. like, what are the tools that you prepped beforehand in case it fails? Um, yep. and that definitely comes from like, I mean, it comes from my streaming like life, but it more so comes from like my father teaching me the ropes and the recording studio world like that's just like you have to be you have to act like the roof is on fire is like he'll always like to say like the roof is always on fire when the client is there it doesn't matter like don't let them know it's on fire but you, you should be constant like hyper vigilant that mm-hmm. something could go wrong and you need to fix it within three seconds or they're not going to get the next take you know so it's like right it's that kind of like hyper energy that kind of motivates me or like it should motivate you when it comes to a live stream
0: yeah i i totally agree yeah especially live streams right like there's that concept of dead air that was kind of mm-hmm. first introduced with radio but mm. like it's it's absolutely the worst and um yeah uh it from the streamer's perspective i'll just throw out there that like it always feels like an eternity mm-hmm. when something <laughs> goes wrong and, and oftentimes it's like in reality like three seconds but yeah it, it can feel a lot longer um and, uh, yeah, a lot of people are not patient, too. Yeah. for sure.
1: It is a battle of, like, keeping people, you know, tied to your stream or, like, whatever. You know, you don't want... It is... Uh, I forget what the exact term is, but, like, you know, the... what's the the word focus or it's like um there's a term for it uh, that was like popularized by that that social media movie that just came out recently right
0: it's um like uh the time that they're paying attention yeah it's i
1: forget what the term is somebody correct us in post uh (laughs) in the chat i'm sure or in the comments um but yeah so it is you gotta and when that happens i i think you just make it part of the fun like that's yep. like Cecil has obviously made it part of the fun when like Comcast fucks up <laughs> it's excuse me, com- Comcast up. Then it um then Wow, he self self bleeped himself. <laughs> <Self-bleeped>. That's impressive. <laughs> so when they do that, then it's like um th- it's a fun bit for the people on the stream, you know, they love their yeah, rant, yeah. you know. So it's just Plus, like a whole... I mean everyone hates their cable company. Oh right? god, yeah. I just got fiber, so I'm like super happy. I me fr- too yeah Man, so. yeah it's crazy we got,
0: we got the fiber uh through CenturyLink link and it's mm. freaking amazing nice um let's move on to the audio hardware lightning round nerd <laughs> out Oh god all right so um sg you turned on me turned me onto this book a long time ago like it's the audio engineer's handbook i'll grab it because i have it
1: oh, boy. I'm one of those audio engineers though, that is not like an audio engineer student, Ooh, you know, like it's not like one mirrored audio. Oh, very good.
0: The, the mirrored <laughs> video is not helping the audio <laughs> experts was uh, named and it's uh, written by Ethan uh, Weiner. Okay. Um, and uh, they had recommended it because basically he, you know, like if you go to the music store and like you ask him, like is is the monster cable or the gold, the gold connector cable really worth the extra money? <laughs> and like, Every time the answer is yes. And, and I think it's mostly because that cable is more expensive. Yeah. I used to work at Radio Shack and I'll tell you that like the the silver plated connectors were all just in the back room. We had them. We just didn't put them out because we didn't make as much money right. on them. Yeah. Um And basically that book uh, gave me some pretty strong opinions about like where it was worth it to put your money when you're trying to buy music equipment. So I want to give you a few lightning round questions.
1: Oh, shit. This is going to be right. bad. Uh, is it worth your money to buy fancy cables? Uh, no. I mean, like there. Well, okay. There's mm-hmm. some thing to it when it comes to RF interference. Like, if you can get certain types of cables that maybe have like different type of grounding shields and like quad, you know, pull or the dual or was, is it quad core. Does or whatever it matter the by connection type also for that? So, like, I don't like think for so.
0: Quarter inch versus XLR.
1: Well, quarter-inch is, I mean, generally when people say that, they mean TS, and that's mm-hmm. unbalanced, so that's right. like tip sleeve. So, like, if it's TRS versus, you know, XLR, um, then sure, that that's probably the same because they are balanced cables um, versus unbalanced. I mean, like... You know, so that's one thing you have to consider. But, like, for the most part, yeah, like that whole idea of it's like, it's 100% oxygen free copper. And it's like, you know, you're not, there's no long enough run that you're going to need that it matters that the oxygen, it's like, you're not mm-hmm. running it f- a thousand feet. Like, it's not going to, like, right. it's, you're running it 20 feet. Like, it. So, no, Mogami, don't come after me. I'm sorry. Like, I still buy <laughs> Mog- Mogami and, and Canary or whatever because people like to see it. So, right. there's something to that. And the only defense of monster cables is I think they give that lifetime guarantee, probably because they charge so much that they can just give away cables if you are like, Hey, this cable's broke. Um that's I the think only they,
0: thing I guess. Repurchased oh, really? someone else. Oh, I well. think it And I think it was partially due. Probably because so of that. <laughs> I mean, literally, as, as someone who plays guitar, like, yeah. I, I I bought a lot of guitar cables. And I was like, a no, lifetime guarantee. It's a <laughs> yeah. year later. It's not working.
1: <laughs> right. Whatever. Right. You're giving me a new one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was probably wrong on their part. So, yeah. I don't great. think it's. I mean, I have a, you know, if the. If being having grown up in the recording world there's a lot of people come in like 192 is the only way to record or like 96 <laughs> yeah. i can yeah, hear yeah. the difference it's like the, no you can't like you cannot hear yeah. the difference first of oh, all
0: especially after it goes on cd it, so it's 44 it's gone one, down to 40, 16 yeah, bit 44. i'm like 1. what are you yeah, talking up, about bro yeah,
1: and it's like exactly. and then they're like can we record in 96 but through the tape machine i'm like but what <laughs> like why and then press the vinyl I'm like, i want like the what the full fidelity of the tape <laughs> yeah yeah exactly we want to, <laughs> the, we want the bats in the backyard to hear it yeah. it's like that's how high the frequency they want and so <laughs> and then so there are some people that have like brought in like silver like actual silver pure silver cables and you know we played around with them and they're like i guess they're cool but they're like super brittle but like i, I hear no difference like this whole yeah. golden ear idea is so stupid anyway because it's like okay but if you're the only one with the golden ear who cares the populace is not going to care like mm-hmm. they're not going to hear the difference so i don't know yeah i'm a little jaded about that because people do come in and they're like can we record in 96 and i'm like that's just so much more data i have to transfer at the end of the day right It like, just
0: like it just takes longer for right. no reason i agree yeah So uh, anyway. My two cents on on the whole kilobits and bit depth is mm. uh, record at 48k, 24 bits, yeah, knowing funny. that you're going to go down to 41 and 16 bit by the time you go down to an MP3 or an, a CD. And honestly, uh, you got more than you needed. And uh, that's all you need in audio yeah.
1: generally. So, like, you know, just make the song good. Just like yep. make if you write that's, the song better. Seriously. It doesn't matter. <laughs>
0: The, uh, the best performance record, uh, the worst performance recorded at 96K is <laughs> yeah. still going to sound absolutely terrible. Right, yeah. Um, what about
1: when it comes to uh, microphones? Is that worth your money? I mean, it's diminishing returns, certainly. It is like a, you know, it's a slow, I mean, a 57 is still like probably one of the best mics Cause you can beat it up and literally used as a hammer. It's on yeah, tour. literally like you can just have a box of them and it just gets the signal response that you want. Now I will say like we have a telefunken two fifty one E from like the sixties. So mm-hmm. that's like a $20,000 mic. And so that is, is that
0: a, is that a ribbon?
1: Uh, no, it's a, it's a gold. It's a, a large diaphragm condenser. Um, okay. so this has got a gold mic. It's like, um, like, you know, Frank Sinatra would sing on that. Diana Ross is literally sang on it um, for, with ours. I knew it was an old mic. Yeah, it's an old mic. It might be a ribbon. And it's, yeah. yeah, it's... No, we have, like, some 44s, which are kind of expensive, too. But, you know, each mic has its use and has a different sound and yada, yada, yada. But, like, having, you know, super fancy mics is not going to make it. You really need the run-and-gun mics, too, because they just have that characteristic. It's like... Sure. you could record with the most pristine audio like the whole myth also of like the 96k is that like if the if it's more pristine then it'll sound better but it's like that's not necessarily true it's like we actually like kind of the grungier sound or the, a little bit grittier tone um for certain types of music electronica music maybe that's not true but like you know with uh or edm but like with rock it's like i mean you got a distortion on the guitar it's like come on like you you want that kind of crunch you don't want it just to be real clean necessarily right
0: plus the application that you're you're capturing the audio in right like yeah you you got five hosts sitting next to each other on stage Probably not the best idea to have them all have a nice condenser mic yeah, with the game turned off. Right. Way down, like an right?
1: 87, like a large right. diaphragm condenser in a big room that's echoey, yeah. or like a streamer. Streamers do this too. They get like a nice, fancy, you know, large diaphragm condenser. It's like, definitely no. Like, you don't need right. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I'm using an SM7. and there's like a lot of good there's rejection on it and it's like it's it's tight enough i mean i have the ac blasting in the background so you probably hear that a little bit but um but yeah it's for the most part it's uh you want something that just like hones in on the voice
0: sure and like normally uh, in my opinion at least you can you can find a way to add an an eq or something mm. to almost any mic and make your sound your voice sound the way you want it mm-hmm. to for for the purposes of especially dialogue i mean yeah i guess uh a, a vocal track on a, on a song is maybe a different animal but yeah um even that for the most part as long as you're not super picky you can normally get away with
1: it yeah there's certain like applic like voiceovers are very fond of the kind mm-hmm. of radio mics like you know SM7B or RE20 or something like that right. just because of the frequency response and it like it comes through on radio better than like an 87 or something which had like a lot of sibilance. It's like it's not the right tone for the use case. Um,
0: there is a kind of ongoing debate about um, buy a nice audio interface that has really good integrated preamps or buy a passable audio interface and buy a nice external preamp yeah on one side of the fence or the other
1: it's it's debatable i mean like it depends on what it's used for i i think there's some truth to it when it comes to music when you're doing like vocals or like you know you know a, a band or something like that when it comes to like podcasting there's some cool stuff and there's some cool use of having like you know a neve maybe and like going mm-hmm. into a voice of God or like a compressor and all that kind of stuff is like, I let the analog version of that is better in my opinion than digital, just cause like you won't at least, at least you won't clip the signal going in or hopefully you won't. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very hard to like recover the signal after you've clipped the pre uh, going into the machine and then like, you know, compression after the fact, like, but if you do all yep. the stuff beforehand and it's not, nice, yeah, okay, sure. But you know, the, the the preamp and the compressor and all that stuff is not going to make you sound like Howard Stern. Howard Stern just sounds like Howard Stern. He knows how to talk into a microphone, and it doesn't really matter which microphone he's using. He, he's, like, used a lot. Like, whether or not you like him or not, he has, like, a very specific voice and he, a very, like, interesting way of speaking into the mic and also, like, proximity effects. You know, he's, like, very much on it. And sometimes right. uh, to... Mm-hmm. to yoke that response so it's it's way more the actor or like you know the the talent than the microphone but there's there's you know benefits i guess but honestly whatever gets the signal in you can mess with it in post uh to some degree yeah
0: and i i totally agree that the uh that radio voice that people are so fond of is less about the mic and the compressor and more about like proximity to the mic as you pointed yeah. out and and also um you know literally it is kind of like acting uh like you can practice a nice deep smooth, silky <laughs> right. voice and um if you like you'll if you listen to like uh, some podcasters like uh seth andrews is a pretty good example mm-hmm. who has a great podcasting radio voice yeah. um throughout most of his podcasts but like if he gets excited you'll you'll hear him slip out of it like and it's kind of an indication that's like he's he's doing something it's not like he's acting he's not being disingenuous but he is he's putting on a uh, a front yeah. for lack of a better word well he was a radio and, guy
1: too i think exactly. like in christian uh radio yeah. back in the day yeah. so like he knows how to come across on that like you know that bandwidth of like fm or am which like definitely has like a different style of speech um and like how, you know how you carry yourself when you're like delivering the lines Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's a lot about that and there's some tricks, but like, yeah, for the most part, we're like engineers, especially we're here to try to like clean up what's there, but we really can't enhance uh well we can enhance but like can't like fix the talent too much there's there's like right. a popular video out there of like uh you know an engineer like fiddling with like crazy knobs on an ssl and like none of them do what they're doing but it's like fixing and auto-tuning and is like he's like sweating and doing all this stuff and then like they pan over to the person in the booth and they're just like singing all kinds of crazy notes it's like that's <laughs> definitely not what it is right. even though auto-tuning is real and like you can do a lot with it but it's You really got to come correct with the talent (laughs) like this. That's true. It's true. There's only so much polishing of a turd, or like we call it, is like. Although this is kind of a a backing away from that, but our motto at the studio is like we turn chicken shit into chicken salad. So it's like (laughs) it is. We do as much as we can to make it edible.
0: Yeah, uh, you're in the music of uh, of improving, not fabricating. Right. Yeah, is one way to put it. Right. Like. (laughs) I mean, if if you want to, speaking of fabrication, though, I do want to, there's a couple of pieces of software that have come out recently mm. that kind of touch on that, that I wanted to ask you whether or not you have ever tried or, or anything like that. Uh, but before we get there, I want to close the loop on kind of personal background. I, meant, I heard you mention earlier that. You kind of grew up in a, in a recording studio. Mm-hmm. Um, are you a musician? Are you still involved in the recording studio? Yeah.
1: No, I, I, my father runs it and I help run it with him. And um, it's, it's I mean, it's the family business. So it's like, there's no getting away from it. Uh, so it's like, it is the thing we do, aside from the other stuff that I do. Um, so yeah, I'm constantly, I was like just in there earlier today doing some stuff. Um, so that... Uh yeah, it's 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 never ending and it's it's fun and it's a lot of fun working kind of with your family, even though they drive you crazy. But it's yeah. it's a slog and there's like a lot of engineers that we work with who come through and then a lot of fun bands and stuff like that. So um yeah, it's it's pretty neat. Uh and it's been a weird experience growing up and like meeting Pantera when I was three and then Meatloaf wow. when I was like five or something like that. Like a lot of like interesting, you know, people who just like were there. Beyonce has been here and like Diana Ross and that's it's, cool. it's pretty wild, you know, um, life growing up. Uh, I don't know if I would recommend it cause it's a little <laughs> stressful, but, uh, it's, it's <laughs> at least it's been fun. Um, but yeah, that's, that's another thing that not a lot of people know about. That's a little secret, secret thing, sort of. Not really. I, was, I mean, it's the people who know me know, know it obviously, but like, all the different plat you know like the sgu just barely kind of knows it Cogdis people kind of know it um Mm. my the people on my stream they don't know it uh it's it's pretty fun to keep the secrets Honestly, i I know i'm slipping (laughs) back into that but i i kind of like it but at least you've done your research and 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 i mean obviously i brought it up but it's it's funny to hear all it all amassed in one location
0: well yeah i mean uh one of my past lives, I was a, a computer security, a white House ha- computer
1: security oh, perfect. Hacker. So you got my IP and everything, and you're hacking in already.
0: Uh, well, I, I, I don't have it written down. Oh, okay, I mean, perfect. That's uh, good. I did do a who is. Like oh, the yeah. Found, there you go. found stuff like that. Yeah. That's
1: good. Uh, um,
0: uh, speaking of cleanup, are there plugins or software tools, suites that you find yourself going back to um, I'm reminded of the uh, Seattle live show that they did right before COVID shut down America yeah. um, where where like the, the air conditioner like something in the kitchen just like kicked on right after they started recording. They were like, okay, fine. I guess we get to all record another 30 seconds of room noise so we can cancel that noise oh, that yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume that was for like training like a X feedback plug in or, or something like that. X hum.
1: Yeah like. I like to use Isotope, like Denoiser. All those plugins yep. are pretty powerful. RX
0: seven or RX eight. Yeah, RX eight you? is.
1: Uh, yeah. But well, yeah, I've been, we've been using since like five, I guess, or whatever. Okay. But um, yeah, it's th- that's definitely one of my favorites. Um, yeah, okay. it's essentially just uh, noise reduction software, and then you know, noise gate or any type of stuff like that mm-hmm. um, to try to limit it. Uh, I mean, mostly honestly steve edits the the sgu podcast i don't I, edit
0: it Yeah, i know that I yeah i was gonna ask if he had ever like especially during COVID, if he had asked you to step in at all no
1: only the um only the live stream and the live stream audio is like i cut the heads and tails and, and put that up but um I, I mean i've helped him maybe a couple times with like a few little things but he uses audacity and i don't really use audacity so i'm like it's uh you know, I, I'm more, much more proficient in Pro Tools. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, he has this little thing and he likes to do it every Saturday basically or through the week when he can. He, mm-hmm. He's very regimented. He's very good at that. Like, kind of, this is the he time is. I do this and he's boom, good. I do it.
0: He signs on the Discord Saturday morning, right. starts editing SGU, That's it. You know, he interacts with fans. Right. And then, yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> I, I, it seems like that's worked out fairly well for him as like yeah. being a, a fairly well-organized person. So Plus, I yeah, he has to edit for content
1: apart. anyway. So, like, he edits, right. you know, like, if there's, like, ums and this and that, and he's, like, he's going through it all and, and and just cutting it out and stuff like that. And I just give him some tips, or I've given some tips about, like, trying to, you know, noise reduce or equalize or mm-hmm. normalize everybody's audio, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Oh. Uh,
0: do you have anything like a, an effects chain that you go to for those live streams uh, to keep things from, like, multiple people talking from peaking the the main out? Or
1: yeah, like I mean, I have a limiter on, like, uh, well, with OBS, you have to do it per channel. But essentially, like, right. I have a compressor and a noise filter on Steve and the same thing for the... So with Zoom, because it's not individualized audio, it's it's everybody all at once you know we i kind of don't like the uh, zoom integrated like echo cancellation because uh, when you're talking it often will cut other people off yep um so i i you know request that they do they remove that and then i'll just like apply some sort of noise we uh, use the original uh, sound on this podcast exactly, exactly. That, original that sound. option that's yeah, what yeah. i put on too um exactly. so yeah so that's i think it's better that way you know and, uh, but yeah, I mean, just like a little compression EQ, maybe roll off, like filtering is, I think the most, you know, valuable, just like a little bit off the top end, cause you don't really need it and a little low, so you don't get any low hums or anything like that. And just, you know, leave a little space for everybody. Um, and yeah a little compression because you know bob gets really loud um so i kind of have to put a limiter on everybody (laughs) for because of bob sometimes and uh and sometimes he's quiet. like it's bob is a weird case because the compressor doesn't know what to do with him he sits far too far back lean back right um, and and then he'll get right up into the mic right (laughs) okay bob so it's a fun one yeah Uh, what about
0: other challenges in in managing live streams like I imagine cognitive dissonance uh, with their sudden frequent bursts of laughter and mm. irreverency uh, <laughs> might per- produce a bit of a challenge for you uh, keeping that from people. Yeah, that-, that
1: that's a pretty that's a, a little more tech uh, forward on that than like the SGU stuff that we do for the live stream. So like there's a lot more behind the scenes Stuff that we've been playing around with, like, you know, the nicer cameras and, like, uh, the OBS, you know, trying to, like, you know, line up audio or, like, compress before going in to restream studio. Um, And, yeah, so they... Cecil records usually in the studio, so he has the whole uh, audio chain of, like, the pre and the voice of God. God Yeah, yeah, so that's good. And then uh, Tom just goes straight in through his, like, AGO3 board, so it's, like, you know, simple podcaster, one channel board, um, with his mic and just, you know, the nice camera, obviously. Um, and that's pretty good for them. You know, I don't have to do too much. Obviously sometimes it does kind of get a little clipped out and, you know, it'll blow out the speakers. But, uh, if people aren't used to Tom and Cecil laughing irreverently, <laughs> you know, at the top of their lungs, what are they listening? They haven't listened to the podcast yet. So yeah, that's, that's,
2: a, good they need to...
0: that's a good point. Uh are there uh what cameras are you recommending today if, if someone wanted to have like a nice high stream camera yeah. for not dropping a billion dollars? Well,
1: okay, so that's a good question. I mean, I really like the A six thousands just because they're like uh not crazy expensive and then you just spend the money on a good lens and it's like great. And I have a bunch of those for a lot of what I do. Um for the,
0: someone who didn't know what an A six thousand was. Sony A six
1: thousand is uh, the camera. Yeah, it's it's sure. like 500 for the body and then like you know a couple hundred for the a good lens and that works well it's only 1080p but it's pretty good i mean you know if you really got the money like a gh5s like you know 4k beautiful camera uh you know expensive lenses etc voigtlander lenses are my favorite lenses i think they're they're prime lenses um but they have like voigt Voigt, yeah like V O I G. I think it's GT, H. not GHD. I think okay. I, I don't remember. And then L A N D E R. Anyway, it's um, crazy aperture. Like, like the f stop is like 0.95 or something. So you can get like this bokeh blur that's like insane. Like from like one from your pinky to your. Like index finger, if you just like held it up, like kind of at an angle, it would be the pink. the The index finger would be blurred. Like it's like so oh, the specific depth of field. The depth of field. Yeah, the, that 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 blurring effect is like the bokeh. But yeah. um, so you could you could have it just my face is in focus. Yeah, and it's like, like wild. Yeah, and, and it's and it's also great in low light. Like it is a lot of light comes in from that. So those are the lenses that we're using for this. and we're using I, they're GH fours right now. Um, and those are great. I've also have a couple friends that use those Blackmagic Minis that are really cool. Um, a couple friends have like a mini, uh, what is it, Ursa Mini, or whatever. And I mean, that's like a stupid expensive camera. It's like eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars or something. But um,
0: you know, again, this is like microphones. less expensive option. Yeah, I mean, this is like level.
1: microphones. It's diminishing returns. I mean, like once you get to cinema lenses, it's pretty like a ama- mate and cinema lenses and cameras. It's like amazing. And then it's $50,000 and you're spending like a, on a red camera. Okay. So it's, it, it gets pricey quick and and they're great and all, but whatever. Uh, yeah. So like a thousand dollars, I would get a 6,000 or like if you can swing it at a 6,400 Sony, a 6,400. Cause they just like have a faster, uh, I think they have a faster focus. They can record, uh indefinitely which the a6000s can't and then they have like a they overheat the a6000s so you got to do hdmi out um interesting yeah which is fun uh and then uh also they record in 4k the 6400s so those okay. are probably the that's probably what people use i mean a lot of streamers either use that or there's like a couple other like canon something somethings i forget i
0: think i'm using like a, a microsoft life cam right now the yeah studio those version, are
1: cool yeah i mean is
0: isn't bad the yeah. integrated mic is pretty awful but like right yeah I yeah mean, obviously i'm an audio person so i have the ability to mic myself yeah you um, got to
1: do separate mic generally for these yeah. kind of things i mean like you can yeah no you wouldn't use it for one of those cams. a lot of people use like that you know logitech uh c920 and that's yep. that's cool and the or the yep. brio which is 4k i mean those are all cool but you know they have their benefits you know it's just easy you can pop it open
0: i've just always been impressed by cogn- like you know, when their Internet is working, and stuff, <laughs> the uh, quality of the cognitive distance live streams. Yeah.
1: Uh, is yeah. We've been trying to do good. that. So, like, there's, you know, a lot of we've been playing around with a lot of capture cards and a lot of different like ways of getting the signal in. And, um, you know, a lot of different systems that we've used previously and um, where we have it now is pretty comfortable and easy to turn on and go. Uh, it does make a difference. I mean, it just makes it look, you know, crisper than just like, you know, kind of a webcam in the back and that you're yep. that you don't care about or you haven't properly lit. That's the other thing right. you can make a webcam lighting. look really lighting good. So important. good lighting and some like color correction. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um, let's see. Are there. Uh, We mentioned earlier Zencaster versus mm. Zoom versus others. I've never used Zencaster. Mm-hmm. I, I see like they advertise separate audio for each participant. Oh, yeah. Uh, which Zoom now offers, like, uh, and so I was wondering, oh, they do? one, hmm. you mentioned Zoom for, for SGU. Are you guys using that functionality to get separate audio for each host? No, no, I just take the two-track. But, I mean,
1: now yeah. that we have the, if the Zoom does the multi-track, that's pretty cool. Uh, I would I would consider that. Um, uh, but, like, yeah, I just take it from Restream Studio, like, auto puts together just, like, an audio-only version. So, honestly, yep. I just, like, download that and cut the heads and tails and just listen back if there's anything weird um but yeah zencaster is super cool just because like it's a nice little interface you can like you can have little audio triggers so you could like run the intro music and like run interstitials if you wanted to like while you're doing it so you can kind of edit on the fly and then it auto uploads to the cloud from you know the user's pc so like It'll record the two track and then it records all the audio locally per person so that it's not like over the network, you know, the UDP audio, which is prone to like drops and all that kind of audio freak outs. Um, So it records it locally and then uploads it to the cloud. So then you have the high quality like wave. Uh, And so that's a pretty cool one. And I know they're doing video now, which I don't know if they're. Zoom does it. the same. By yeah, the way. obviously uh, Zoom does video they, too. They just
0: started uh the separate stream, the separate audio capture. The uh uh local and cloud capture are enabled for both video and audio. That's pretty cool. Uh,
1: it is yeah. pretty cool because, like it, the the Zoom, the problem with Zoom has always been like the obviously they're you know it's prioritizing connectivity and 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 like uh lower latency so like the compression of the video has to be pretty intense um so if you can get like you know 1080 or 720 video captured locally that's that's way better that's pretty cool i mean zoom yeah i mean they zoom better be like you know pushing forward because they everybody's using this i never heard about it It before. Yeah, right. like it was like
0: I had heard about it, it as like the mobile
1: uh, recording
0: company. Like they had pretty good uh, like pocket recorders that were digital. Wait, is recorders. that the
1: same? Is it the same company? I'm pretty darn sure. R- yeah, I didn't know make, that like, like it was the same company. Processors for for uh, guitar. Yeah, and like stuff, a Zoom but, recorder. Of course, I was like, oh, that's cool. I yeah. didn't know that that was. If that's the same, co- oh, okay, they're they're brilliant. Then oh yeah, uh, hang on. We should
0: probably before we
1: like say this. Yeah, I was like
0: Zoom. Yeah, because uh, the Zoom uh, recorder is dope. And recorders. Same company. <laughs>
2: uh
1: yeah. There you go. Alright, good for the Zoom. Yeah. That's that's cool. how you diversify, man. That's good. Brilliant.
0: Uh, their effects processors are complete trash,
1: yeah, by the way. Well, I, I, yeah. I will, I you don't need that all over those right now.
0: Their meeting software is fantastic, right? Yeah, um, it's
1: definitely awesome.
0: I wanted to ask you there's this software that kind of came out recently called Descript. Have you heard of it?
1: Descript, mm, I don't think so.
0: So it's oh. kind of you may have, oh, I hate my dog. <laughs> uh, You you may have heard um, of like Adobe had this software that was like kind of being touted as like, oh, it's going to be the next big thing for deep fakes because you can if you had enough seed audio of someone speaking, you can basically type a word in and it will it'll say it as though as the person. Right, whether or not it's actually heard them say that specific word or not, right? How they pronounce the phonemes that go into it.
1: Yeah, I, I have. I've heard uh, results of this, or other people that are using maybe a technology similar to, or maybe it mm-hmm. is the technology. And uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, so
0: Descript is that plus it automatically transcribes podcasts and, oh, and cool. other audio. So like you could get basically automatic closed captioning and stuff like our transcription for your podcast audio. Then after you get your transcript, you can then Mm -hmm. just edit the transcript and it will change what you said.
1: Yeah, that's why I haven't
0: tried it. uh, But I was thinking about trying it if I ever like royally screw up. I think the thing Um, you need
1: to do and now nobody steal my idea before I do it is that you just pretend like you have guests on your podcast and you're just like. You just say all the things that they say and just upload it as Will Smith or something like that. It's like That's the new thing. It's just all deep faked podcasts. That might not be a terrible idea. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh,
0: we could file a joint copyright on All right, let's course. go. So, that's it.
1: Uh, 50-50, boom. <laughs> uh,
0: speaking of joint uh, copyright opportunities, um, I noticed that there seem to be like two ad models for podcasts these mm. days, right? There's the... People come to you or like an ad agency comes to you with like a list of people that are interested in running an ad. And then you get to see what the copy is that they, or like the requirements for the ad. And then you say yay or nay, and then you get to choose where you record the audio for it and you put it in your own podcast where you choose to. Mm -hmm. There also seems to be another, another solution out there that seems to at random or at regular intervals, insert an ad that was not recorded by the, the podcast host and perhaps... Doesn't need to be pre-approved. I, I have no idea, but I'm thinking of things like um, I think Dogma Debate has something that sounds like that mm-hmm. at, at times, and I think Seth Andrews also. Yep. his free version of his stream seems to, you know, periodically like Napa Auto Parts will come on with like a with like an auto uh, a commercial. Yep, and it's like right in the middle of a sentence, so it seems like it's kind of auto inserted.
1: Oh. Yeah, that's not great. Um, most of the platforms do it, and you can usually it's pre-roll and post-roll. Um, but there are in the middle, you can itemize like, or you can point and click like to like, this is a segment where I want to ha- have an ad potentially oh, you can
0: kind of give them a placeholder,
1: right? Yeah. And, and that's, that's all, um, the whole idea aside from like, it's just easier to like automate that, but it's the whole idea is that you're monetizing your back catalog. So like, obviously you're not getting paid for ads that you already recorded. Um and the back catalog, but these new ones that dynamically inserted ads, you do because it tracks uh, how many people listen to it after the fact. You know after it's inserted. Right. So I mean I think it's a valid model that most of the places like Audio Boom, um and like Omni and other places. Uh, I know I know Audio Boom at least does this is that they'll wait like thirty days, uh since the podcast was released or maybe even 60 depending on you know the 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 agreement before they dynamically insert those ads so it's not like you know the people who are all up on it you know will listen to just tons of ads but like it will monetize the back catalog and be like a you know a slower trickle but at least you know it's another avenue of income um for people who listen you know if there's a lot of people who still listen to the back catalog of the whole podcast, like we get emails like Cogdesk right. and SVU, like, oh, it's like, once I found you, I just had to listen from the beginning. And like, you know, when X came on, it was like amazing. And I loved when this happened, it's like, wow, you changed your mind here. And this, and this and so you know, so there are a lot of people <laughs> who, ch- <laughs> who listen to stuff um, from the beginning, even though it's like a timely based podcast, you know, like,
0: right, it's, like cognitive distance, in fact, is almost entirely comprised of, of news stories, right? right? Like, yeah, could not of be the more current events.
1: right? Yeah, you know? but you know, there, you know, once you like a, a host and you just want to consume that content and you like the cut of their jib, you, you, I guess you, you know you go back and listen to all that stuff. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, you know, you say what you will about ads and like them being intrusive, et cetera, uh, to the content, but uh, I think it's a valid way to monetize stuff the other way is obviously patronage you know and then patreon and all that stuff
0: do you have a preferred like if you had to do you feel like i guess to me what i'm really getting at here is that i feel like there's this space probably for a better Mm. ad hoc ad solution one that's like maybe more targeted to the audience that the podcast actually is reaching and maybe gives those podcasters a little bit more control.
1: Yeah. I mean, there, it's all with the ad company that you work with and and determining Mm -hmm. whether or not like this brand represents who, you know, your audience is like a good company will not just like throw in a bunch of shitty ads and like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like YouTube ads where, you'll get some crazy right-wing thing or like some Christian <laughs> video before your atheist like video, like it, it's not totally open, but you know, given that Cogdis has been like, you know, Adam and Eve focused, it's like, I'm sure there's other products in either that realm or, you know, just general needs realm, mm-hmm. uh, that totally fit with the market. And, for the most part, with most of these platforms that I know of, they send you the product, or at least a good number of them send you the product. So it's not just like, "Hey, sell this." It's like, "Here's the thing, tell us what mm-hmm. you think." So it is they recognize influencer marketing is valuable, you know, because uh, people listen to Thomas Cecil because they either agree or they, they they trust their point of view, or they they like to hear a differing opinion or something like that. But at least they you know, like that, and recognize they want to hear it. And so, in some sense, the ad is more powerful than just yeah. like some some schmo saying it. You know, some voiceover actor. Oh, 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 Riley. <laughs> <hell>? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that thing is always stuck in my head. I don't know. Why. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing we need is more jingles. Actually, yeah. if there, we need jingle culture to come back. Like, that, there's not enough jingles.
0: Um, let's see. I want to talk about how you prepared for that, for that Crowdcast event for, for Nexus. Oh yeah. Um, because it, it seemed to me to be extremely slick. Um, almost like,
1: well, that's nice of you to like say
0: they had <laughs> hired someone from like a TV station or, uh, you know, uh, to, to like prepare it. Cause like literally, uh, you know, you had like Bill Nye and like Andrea come on and like, they had their title card with like their name and where you might know them from appear. Mm. And like, um, it, Everything for the most part went off uh w- without a hitch. Um I-, I won't say completely without a hitch, but like mm-hmm. honestly yeah, for your for your first uh <laughs> for your first major uh digital conference, like it's as close to without a hitch as, as could be reasonably expected. Yeah, there's um,
1: you know, there's always a learning curve with that and I appreciate you saying that and I guess I should up my invoices and charge double. Um okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a I'm much more of a uh, a fan of developing the technology like kind of internally like and it's a little hodgepodge and, and there were some things that weren't working you know perfectly and, and so we learned from that but a lot of it comes from just you know brute force uh trying to make something work you know and there isn't a perfect solution for this even though there are like some paid for platforms like VMix or something like that that have like specialty for broadcast and you could like bring in guests and it's like, you know, a couple, it's like a thousand dollars or something for the license or whatever. But, um, it, honestly, it still doesn't give you the satisfaction of developing something like through OBS, which is like an open source thing. And it's all mm-hmm. plugins, you know. And so Nexus was run uh, 100% on OBS. Um, well, I shouldn't say 100% because there's obviously a ton of different technologies there. But right. the streaming was through OBS to Crowdcast. Crowdcast was only because of, we needed a payment platform. Um and it has some fun functionality too because you can like ask questions. It's like it's a marketing platform, so it's like a right. it's definitely a very useful little tool. Um, and we had done that actually previously the year before when we had the IRL or the meat space as Jay calls it, uh, the meat space uh, event, and I did a live stream of the event there. It just wasn't nearly as technically challenging, other than just me setting up like five cameras and switching between them. Yeah, right, right. right. So. Um, at fit which fit is very was very cool and they, they helped us you know with a lot of stuff and so shout out to them for that time but yeah the 2020 thing was a whole different beast and given that i i have all this experience with like live streaming and i do pretty complicated streams um or at least you know if you yeah if you see certain things that i'm doing when i'm streaming it's like there's a lot of like stuff behind the scenes that does right. this and the same thing i brought it to nexus and to the game show portion of nexus is that you know we we wanted it to be both uh very creative for the game show and then like really slick and 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 professional for the nexus portion you know the saturday right. that we had everybody and so yeah i mean i built pretty much a lot of the assets we had um A lot of assets uh, built from Ranch 7, who helps with uh, SGU uh, assets in terms of like the graphics, you know, the more graphic designers. Oh, like
0: the the overlays?
1: Yeah, certain overlays, like when it comes to the visuals, you know, in terms of like certain backgrounds and stuff. Maybe not Mm -hmm. so so much of the the moving stuff, but like anything that was like a, a hard graphic was pretty much their design. And then I would take that and maybe manipulate it just to make it fit with whatever I was building in OBS. Um, so, yeah, there's, like, a couple things, obviously, we learned. There were a couple, uh, I mean, you don't see it in the in the recording anymore because I edited it out, but there were a couple crashes and there were a couple times where, like, you know, the audio was overlapping because the Zoom call was, like, still on because mm-hmm. we had, like, multi- we had multiple Zooms running to bring in guests at the different times. And so it was, like, it was a fun thing. And it wasn't just me. I got a shout-out, like, to Jay's wife and to Liz, Bob's girlfriend, and then, like... You know, everybody was down there, kind of uh, all hands on deck, kind of helping switch stuff around. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, oh, what did I, did I say? Jocelyn, Jocelyn, and Courtney, and Liz. Um, so, yeah, so there, um, in terms of like the specific tech, if you want to get into the details, I can. But, you know, there's a lot of things we learned for the next year and some of the new stuff that we're coming up on. Like, there's a 12 hour show for the SGU. Which we're going to do all kinds of fun stuff ask. um and and more creative stuff uh this time uh but yeah i mean it's it's just one of those things where it's like back in the day when you would like stay up all night playing video games with a friend or whatever like mm-hmm. uh, we basically did the same thing we were up you know every every week like a couple days a week uh before the conference just setting stuff up and getting the tech stuff and then the night before jay and me and and liz were up till 4 a.m or something before we had to start time of like you know nine or whatever and and i you know we're both we're all like blinking slowly and and oddly because we could barely see but we like i gotta (laughs) finish this stuff yeah and so then you know we go to bed and then uh, I finally, I'm like, I call it and I'm like, okay, we got to go sleep for a li- little bit, come back. And I'm, I'm doing stuff on the fly too. So just so everybody right. doesn't think I'm just like, you know, a super prepared person. I'm, I have, <laughs> I have, will be real. Like like, I'm building stuff on the fly as we're going. Cause I'm like, wait, who's next? It's like, oh, we switched it. Okay. It's like, now I got to build the, the graphics and I got to do this. And I like switching this around. So it's not just like, I hope it felt like it was just like, click, you know, click it click, felt but, like
0: you literally had scenes set up in right, and, and, OBS, and you were just changing. Scenes. I mean, I
1: basically was, but like, I'm doing, I'm building them at the same time as like I'm changing right. them, or like you're building moments like before. One scene ahead, like of
0: where <laughs> you actually are, basically. Yeah. Well, like was I was,
1: I we built out the whole thing. Honestly, we built out like everything we were going to switch to, and all the transitions and the stingers and yada yada. So like a huge portion of it was done, but while you're in the midst of it, things come up, and you got to right. like wait, fix the audio. This wait, this is not drawing. working. This we'll speaker can't. Exactly. Speaker is so it's ready. It's yeah. all that kind of stuff. And then it's like, wait, this person is actually talking about this, not that, which you have on the graphic and I got to switch it, you know, right, right now. And so there's, there's a whole thing with that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but that's, again, that's the roof is on fire. And I, I just love the kind of the stress of that, you know, that, that rambunctious energy where you're just like, <laughs> like, how do I do this? Like within three seconds, um so yeah did you uh did you
0: have to like uh do any kind of coaching or guidance for for some of your remote guests like bill nye to to help them get connected and up and running yeah so
1: we met with and the same thing is true for when we were doing the Cogdis uh, stream for live stream to save the senate it's like we mm-hmm. they were a little bit uh simpler Which was super cool by the way you thank you it's
0: like what like a quarter million dollars or nearly
1: it or was something? yeah it was plus the um the stream from uh the um, opening opening arguments. arguments. Thank you. Yeah, uh, the, yeah oh, in total is over two hundred thousand dollars. I forget what the final total is between the two of them. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, great amount of money, huge amount of money. Um, and they uh, so, yeah, each of the guests we met with at mm-hmm. Nexus, we were a little more serious about in terms of like the microphones like we, we sent Andrew in a microphone. It's actually one of my microphones, and I sent her. And then, um, and then Bill, I've, I've
0: considered doing the same thing. Like, yeah, I have an old audio interface and old microphone. I'm exactly. Like, yeah. If and someone doesn't have it, I'll send it to them. Right. As a loaner. Yeah. And
1: some things in the future, we'll probably be doing that too. Like where we'll we'll develop like a little streaming kit or something like that. Like here's a nice mm-hmm. camera, here's a microphone, just turn it on, and open and play. And like so, that'll be the thing that we might do for guests in the future. But yeah, they they were a little more hands on with we were or we were with uh, the Nexus participants because some people you know weren't wearing headphones or they right. they needed to find a better mic or like they had kind of a weird background. We were like, let's let's turn around and see what the background looks here. It's like, oh, you have this beautiful bookshelf. Let's do that. You know, it's like you're not plugged into Ethernet. Can you get closer to the router then? Or like you right. know, like that, all that kind of stuff is super important. And you know, it doesn't mean that it's gonna solve all the problems but at least hopefully it'll uh, eliminate a few um and the same is true for you know any of the things when we have guests on especially for a big event we just want to pre-game it a little bit just make sure yeah. they're comfortable and and we you know get it situated correctly
0: it sounds like you're kind of a, a jack of all trades computer nerd in some ways. Or yeah, jack sort of
1: all trades, master of none is like is definitely a thing. So like I'm dangerous enough to break my PCs all the time, but then at least I can look up how to fix it. So like right. it's um okay. yeah, you, it definitely. I mean, anybody who's a streamer knows like if you don't have like. St- Problems with your stream, you're probably not a streamer, honestly. Like, you, you if you, or at least <laughs> you haven't gone through the one. fire yet. Yeah. Like, and you really, it's hard to be an expert in those things. So, you make friends with somebody who's maybe an expert and, you know, you just use that, but you at least have the understanding of like the IT crowd, you know, turn it off and turn it on again idea, mm-hmm. you know, and that is like, um that's always like saving grace. But yeah, it's really, you got to know in this world, you just got to know a hundred things or and or a thousand things more than you thought you were going to if you're going to be in this like kind of live streaming world because it's it's just a little more stressful it's you know it's hard to to be in one silo of like content creation um at least for me and i'm you know obviously there's cinematographers who are like super amazing at what they do and 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 camera people that are like you know, exceptional at like getting the right shot and doing all this. And they have like the crazy crane gear and all that crazy stuff. Um, That's not my bag, but I'm much more of like, let's just like see how much technology we can force together and just like make some weird crap. Um, Yeah. So it it is definitely, you gotta, gotta know enough to be competent and, and reach out for help when you (laughs) fail miserably
0: um speaking of uh how much cross functional knowledge is is required right so like we've already touched on like it's helpful if you have a basic understanding of computer networking mm. which is kind of arcane right but mm-hmm. like if you don't then it's going to be pretty hard to like set up a remote computer for you to be able to remote control their obs stream if you need to from the emergency room for some reason right um and you know similarly um on a side note i'll mention that like the work that I've I've done in audio production, even though this is not my day job, this is not what I get my 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 food to, my money to feed my family uh, with. Um, it is it's bleeding over into my professional life quite a bit. Um, <laughs> where you know they want to start producing live stream uh, live videos and audio for how to videos for like software that I'm building and right. things like that. And because I have that skill set, you know, it's it's just so easy for me to produce my own video um, and and have it be super high quality and understand things like, you know, how to overcome compression and and get rid of noise and things like that. Yeah. Uh, Which is huge.
1: Yep. I mean, yeah, it's a balancing act, too, because it's like a classic case of scope creep. (laughs) You know, when it comes to like you're being your independent contractor, it's like once they know you do Internet things, it's like you literally do everything uh, or like they think you do. Um, And I've fallen into that when I've like worked for a couple film festivals is like, oh, it's like, oh, he's the Internet guy. He's like, he can fix like this weird problem with my computer. And yes, I I can. But it's like I'm I'm really hired to run your website, like not (laughs) really do all this other stuff uh so yeah there's a balancing act with that is like you know you, you want to keep the gig but you also got to be paid fairly um uh so that's just like anybody who's in this world you know just keep sure. that in you mind you
0: get taken advantage of yeah easily it's real volunteering, uh volunteering to use the skill set that you got elsewhere right um, to, to help out this this group that you're already helping or working for and
1: yeah and, and just because you keep in mind that like good
0: uh, I was just going to say, keep in mind that like, you might be doing two people's job at that point after right. you start doing that. Um, yeah, you know. that's true.
1: Yeah, and that's like a thing, too, is like you don't want to undersell the industry of like how much it's worth, too, because it kind of screws up for everybody. You know, it's not just, right. you know, if you're lowballing way low, then it kind of gives this false impression of like, this is how much this is worth. And it's for like, sure. yeah, just because you searched for it on the Internet and you found the solution, it's like. Yeah, but the uh, the people you're working for didn't do that. They certainly could have, but you knew, you know, you have the expertise or at least the years of experience to know what to look for. Mm-hmm. And that's valuable. Um, it's like, I, I also, I went to school for engineering. So, like, that kind of mindset like of mechanical, mechanical engineering. engineering. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, not audio engineering. So... You know, that mindset of like, how do you, fu- how do you solve this? You know, get, like where do you look for information was kind of instilled in that world of like mm-hmm. the stress of like, how do I figure out this problem? You know, it's not just like open a book and there it is. It is like multi-pronged or it's like multiple disciplines or it's like, you know, a lot of different things coming together, um, to try to solve this issue. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's a challenge for some people. Like they just don't, they haven't played around with computers enough to like, you know, tinker around the back end, even if you're not like, you know, changing parts or like going into source code or anything like that. Just like even the, the GUI interface of like, how do I turn this on and off? It's like, it's right. pretty much all there. You just got to know where to look and how people set up computers yep. so that you can figure out this information. Um, so
0: <laughs> knowing things like to add an overlay, you have to use a browser uh, window thing for OBS, or right. whatever, whatever it's called, browser source. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. There's the yeah. There's like uh, it's a big learning curve, and uh, with anything. But you just the more you do it, the less the curve is out. It's daunting, you know. It becomes flatter, yeah, for for sure. flatter. You flatten the curve, I guess. <laughs>
0: Uh, do you have your own website out there that uh, has links out to your,
1: your uh, socials? No, not really. I no, mean, so. I have my own like uh, business stuff, but that yeah, not really anything beyond the the people that I work for. I mean, like those are like my main
0: okay. things.
1: Like I do some other freelance stuff, like or it's not really freelance. It's like you know through the business, but like um, but yeah, that's not. Yeah, it's pretty much this is who I am here. <laughs> okay
0: um your overlay solution i know i use uh, stream elements is that what you use or
1: uh a couple different things like that like i'll either make something that will trigger an overlay from uh, depending on like what trigger i want to use from like some api like if you're streaming on twitch yeah certainly you can you can build something uh or just stream elements is pretty straightforward and you know drag and drop or stream labs is good and um stream jar was one which i don't even know if it exists anymore um yeah. there's yeah there's like a million of them there's like when you say or,
0: make something to trigger an overlay for switch or something do you, is that like how you do the super chat integrations?
1: well like so the super chat yeah all that stuff is actually integrated within restream studio so that's what's nice about that is like ah. you can you know toggle the the chat to pop up on screen you know yeah. depending on if somebody donated or whatever like you can you just pick what you want and have it toggle up on screen. So that like is a really awesome solution, uh, that, um, that just like, you know, the developers and I, I actually know the developers. So like, that's why I kind of, I, I like to use their product, uh, a bunch. um, Just in case the FCC comes after me or FDA, I don't know, (laughs) USDA. If the USDA comes after me, it would be the FCC, Yeah, it might be the For a conflict of interest. Maybe it's the FAA. I don't know. Somebody's coming after me.
0: I Uh, I don't think any of them have the staff to do (laughs) anything. They're not going to do anything.
1: (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I mean, so it's, yeah, that's a pretty easy solution for, you know, there's some tech stuff to it, but really it's pretty straightforward. Um, I'll probably but yeah, look into that, because yeah. I've been
0: using, like, caster.io, and its oh, yeah. chat integration is, like, eh.
1: Yeah, and, uh, restream is definitely dope. Uh, I mean, just because, you know, I ask a question, I'm like, hey, can we integrate this? And they pretty much, like, jump on it, which is, like, awesome to know the devs are, sweet. like, doing stuff. Um, so I'll give you my link so that they can <laughs> you can use it. <laughs> i need yeah. those those residuals uh but anyway you can cut that out no, i'm just kidding uh <laughs> I, will, I will certainly follow your
0: uh <laughs> your link to so, get like a, a little credit for you thank
1: you very much uh so but yeah that's a really cool one but you i also have coded stuff myself that like will just trigger off of a twitch api or or you know when mixer still existed it but was you'll, like you'll write bunch some of
0: javascript that will call a twitch API. yeah essentially
1: yeah whenever uh, something happens it's like constantly you know looking if like you know event x has changed and like gotcha. it, you know if a follower and i have it trigger something in obs or or i'll use a different thing where you know it'll be a big graphic if somebody subs or all that kind of stuff um that's um, you know, that's another thing that i love part of community building is like building something that recognizes the community or the, or the viewers or the you know, the people watching you and and that support you is is a lot of fun for me personally.
0: Yeah, for sure. That it sounds uh, that sounds very interesting. Um, I wonder if there's something you could point um, our audience to that uh, might be interested in setting up something like that. Like, it sounds like you've got something that periodically monitors your various platforms that you are restreaming out to. Yeah, so to, like, determine if someone becomes a subscriber, right? Or beca-
1: yeah, I mean Streamlabs and Stream Elements does all that. Like when when so when you were saying overlays, were you talking about like graphical overlays or were you talking about like um like, like if somebody donates is what I was yeah. what I mainly use it for like right. a
0: countdown timer pre stream. Gotcha. But but also things like yeah, you know, I want to get the additional slickness of like if someone donates to the charity that I'm doing a, a, dra- a donation drive for that. Yeah, that happen.
1: So like the cool thing, there, I mean, there's already tools out there because like this isn't like totally new and streamers have been doing a lot of, of stuff before. So like you know, Stream Elements, Stream Labs has all that kind of stuff integrated. You can build your own. There's uh, Leon board, which is like a free Stream Deck alternative, or or Touch Portal, which is pretty cool. Um, and then obviously the Stream Deck is like a really cool little unit to like trigger things on and off it doesn't it's not searching for like when somebody becomes a follower but you can like toggle sources on and off um gotcha. whereas leon Board and touch portal are more active when it comes to that um there's a lot of tools that you know The uh, mix it up is a fun one that this is from like the mixer days Is like there's a mixer community of people that would develop these uh tools that would give uh viewers functionality on the screen so you could like actually click on either the video or like buttons under the video and Uh it would like toggle things on and off so that was a fun thing that we would do where they could trigger some sort of scene and then like i would be in a different world or like a different background or different oh interesting so that was a fun little thing and that firebot is one of those mix it up is another one um so and so that's like one way to bring in, you know, the, the viewers into the world. Uh, yeah. Even just as simple as putting the chat on the screen, is pretty cool just to have people, um, see what's gone like your, the, the chat is part of like the content that you're creating is pretty neat. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know if there's any other ones that I think, I don't, I hope that answered the question. I feel like that I was missing one of them, but I can't remember off of my head now.
0: I feel like the last like kind of tool question I have for you is Mm. um, I think as far as I recall, Patreon doesn't allow you to do like live streams directly to it. Mm -mm.
1: So like, is there not to that? Yeah, they don't have a platform. So like you can use YouTube unlisted or Crowdcast, but it's, you know, it's kind of expensive, honestly. So, like, I guess what
0: I'm wondering is, uh, do you guys uh, do any of your your podcasts uh, use a, a cross posting solution that would like, you know, post your your latest podcast out to uh, your Facebook page and also to Patreon and also to you know the various other services?
1: Well, so like Libsyn, uh, which is what we use for the SGU and for Cognis is the, uh, mm. right now, is that. That has like goes to different destinations, so it it has like destinations integrated at least like so. Uh, essentially, it's those those places already have the RSS feed, so when it's, once it gets updated, it it, it updates. Right. Now, when it comes to like Patreon integration, no, you still have to do it manually. Although we're building out something just to make it easier on Steve and. Uh, Steve for the SU stuff, and and I do all the stuff for Cogdis. So it's just, um, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, you just you know add it to multiple platforms. Um, but yeah, no, we don't do. I mean, some of the like Libsyn has also like a a video. It makes a video for Facebook, I think. Uh, Versus just, like, posting a link to the page. Yeah,
0: because you can't post audio to
1: Facebook. For some right. Reason. So, like, audio. Yeah, it auto does it. And then, you know, it's, it posts to YouTube as a video as well. So, that that's all just kind of automated on that side. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And then the other thing is, like, when we're doing the live stream, it's streaming to multiple platforms. So, like, you you can see the VOD afterwards um, on those platforms.
0: Cool. Uh, we are nearing the end of our scheduled time. I want to make sure to get uh, a few last questions in here. Okay. Um, let's see i I do have a couple of final questions that I want to close with, but before I get to those, I felt like there was one that I wanted to ask and I'll see if my brain gets to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, um do you have do you have strategies for helping? clueless podcasters that will remain <laughs> nameless like recognize which knob to turn to turn up their mic if if you need
1: them to for instance i mean if you can get them the same board like if everybody can get the same board same interface same interface whatever, whatever yeah. it is you know focus right whatever or like an external board that then goes into something that's usually the best or at least if you know what they are using um yeah that is kind of a if they're using an external mic that's not like a usb mic that becomes a little bit of a problem but you know um i think knobs generally are easier for people like that than faders for whatever reason mm-hmm. but just because you can be like 12 o'clock or like one 11 o'clock yep, or you know yep. whatever so it's a little bit more obvious um they're there are some issues with that because sometimes they'll turn up the gain and not the, the fader volume. So, like, they'll be right. crunching the pre and then, like... Yeah, they'll be, like be maxing
0: l- out their input on right. the interface, yeah.
1: So, there is, like, some problems with that. Whereas, if somebody has a USB mic or at least a very simple input, you know, a lot of these platforms... Uh, like, I, well, I don't know if Zoom does it, individual audio volume management yet uh it's like discord has like you know volume mm-hmm. management and then so does a uh, restream studio you can kind of control the volume uh, of each participant individually um and so that kind of helps uh balance out some of the audio issues to a degree but so much of it is post you know what i mean like so long as you can right. get you know at least a decent signal to noise ratio you can fix right. it in post and just like just bump it up a little bit. I mean, I do, you know, even though like we have a really nice setup with um, Tom and Cecil, it's, I still do a little, you know, manual manipulation, but not a ton. It's mostly like the plugins. I might increase the the compression a little bit or if I hear like, you know, the clip isn't just, you know, a couple dB too low, I'll, I'll, I'll boost that up um, and just try to make it relative to like the interstitials and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think I, uh, you know, there's a, there's a school of thought of like, just get stuff out. And that does kind of work uh, for a lot of podcasts is that they're just dumping content. Um, But, you know, I, I, there's something to be said for like working uh, the content to the, at least the good, not the perfect, Mm -hmm. but to the good, you know, like at least good enough uh, that it passed mustard or something like that, you know? So like, that's it. That you know, just, like, keep keep working on it. And that way it becomes quicker and quicker. It becomes, like, instead of 15 minutes of work, it's, like, five minutes of work or, like, a minute. And you just yep. know that you need to do it. And that's, that's that. <laughs> so, well, so I don't know if I answered your question about, like, what do you do? I mean, put a sticky note or, like, put, like, mark. I always mark the boards of anybody that I'm giving it to. It's, like, this is the spot you put it at. Like, this is what it is. And if we need to fix it in a post, we'll do that. Like, this is how far you need to be from the mic. This is that. If if I'm not right in front of them telling them, hey, just get closer to the mic or something like that. I you mean, know?
0: in the old days, you'd go into a studio and half the time, like, they would literally have glued their fader in place, you know, so yeah. you couldn't move it.
1: Right. That's true. Yeah, that's, that's a big thing. I mean... Yeah. Now, you know, with like how people listen back, you know, they have their own little headphone box and they get their own right, mix. Right. But that's that's, you know, a headache also because then you got to go out and fix their mix because they like don't mm-hmm. have the right mix. They're not listening to what we're listening to. So it's it's, or they're it's
0: deaf and you get all the bleed through. From yeah,
1: because it's just like you hear nothing but click and it's like, right. OK, it's like so, yeah, there's uh there's benefits to the, that type of technology. Sometimes keeping it simple is way better. Cool. Uh my last
0: questions are the following. Uh do you have any uh crazy story of audio repair? Uh maybe it's from your music studio days or otherwise where like someone brought you a file and was like, I don't know, man, do what you can and and you were Like, I'm thinking NASA Apollo 11 sort sort (laughs) of level of rescue. Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, two of them. One is SGU-related. So, like, they forgot to record one of the events at... I don't know if I was with them. For some reason, I feel like I wasn't with them or something like that. And they gave me the audio file, and it was just the audio off of the camera. So, like, it was the onboard camera mic was the only audio they had. Somebody can, you know say in the this may be the, the one that they were
0: future casting from twenty thirty five. Is that possible? I
1: don't think no, that one I think I've got recorded pretty well. Okay. It was like yeah. I mean that was oh, the one in yeah, Australia. Um so it wasn't that one. It was a it was one before that and it's it's re- the audio's rough and it was like worse before I got to it. So like yeah I did some a lot of like noise editing and like spectrum analyzing and trying to like get out all the buzzing and it's like those onboard camera mics that are like you like hear that buzz crap which i don't know why they can't fix that but like yeah (laughs) yeah, it wasn't a shotgun (laughs) mic or anything like that so Yeah, with the SGU, we're, like, super diligent now about, like, multiple, multiple recordings. And -hmm. and even then, we still fail sometimes. Like, you know, it'll either be my fault or, like, we'll just forget to set up something. Um, But we have, you know, like, a a mix pre with, like, multi-channel record. We're also recording to the Zoom. We're also recording the table mics. We're also recording the camera like you know shotgun mics and then i have another system that's recording a two track just in case so it's like we're we're definitely gonna get this show for the podcast because like steve is adamant like any of these live shows we need it for a podcast now given that the live world doesn't like exist anymore for us it's it's been (laughs) pretty smooth sailing right now but right um yeah that's super important the other thing is like with the studio is we've had people come in with like audio files that they left a microphone next to a fan because they think their wife is cheating on them. And they uh, were like, can you remove the fan noise? I'm like, dude, you put the microphone like on the on fan. The fan. <laughs> so it's like, I hear. <laughs> I <bet that>
2: exactly <laughs> <happened>. <laughs>
1: so I'm like, I guess they're having sex. I don't know. Like, I can't tell it's either that or like, it's like some weird Darth Vader cosplay. I don't, like it's like, I can't hear <laughs> enough. So, like, I've done some of that for people and, you know, sometimes it's it's shocking. You actually hear what's going on and sometimes it's not. It's just like, there's nothing to it. I can't do it. So, yeah, it's funny. Uh,
0: my, my last question is,
1: um, what's
0: the you got a funny story from like a, a live stream or a tour, a tracking session or anything like that that um, uh, stands out to you that you want to share?
1: Uh... So, I mean with the SGU, I'm trying to think of like, you know, comedy of errors is one like my favorite type of uh mm-hmm. like story. Um like there's this famous play and and movie Noises Off which is like I if anybody's ever watched it it's like it's just Michael Caine is in it and he's like the main dude and like there's so many people in it that it's just like a comedy of errors of how a production can just like fall to shit and it's it's mm-hmm. it's my favorite anyway um I'm trying to think of something where it really went bad <laughs> I have to like ask Jay again like cuz I'm kind of blocking stuff out you know it's like <laughs> uh you know everything Everything in New Zealand was pretty good. I feel like we got. I don't think we got harassed by anybody in the actual event, but we definitely gotten harassed on the street by people in New Zealand, which was pretty funny because it's like they they, they have this, you know, uh, air about them that that they're really chill. But they I guess Americans on on motorized scooters is not their cup of tea. (laughs) so to speak. So I think we were very like standout and they're like, get these fucking Yankees out of here or whatever they call us. Um, and then conversely, Australia is like super cool and everything was, everything was smooth sailing there. So now I'm trying to think of anything that it really went bad. I mean, the extravaganza, we've had some issues where like the front of house stuff was like sketchy or we would have like crazy interference and like we'd be getting like police scanner audio over, Whoa. you know, the stuff. So I'm like switching out packs as we're like doing the show. And like, you know, somebody would like, Jay would back up to the edge of the stage and you know, I'll like quickly switch his pack. Like, so there's all that kind of like hustle and bustle, which is really fun. Wow. Um, and, uh, Oh, well I can't tell this story about what George did in Philly. Cause that's like his story. But there was a, if anybody, Look up, you know, one of the SGU stories, uh, one of George the live Rob. streams with George, George Robb for, yeah, for the Philadelphia show. There's like a whole like uh, thing to that that was really stressful and, and also hilarious. Like to me, because it didn't happen to me, really. It happened to us. So it was like <laughs> stressful because it was George. and But also I'm like laughing in my head at the same time. Not yeah. at him, but like at the situation. Like, of course this happened. Anyway. I'm Giving too much, but they go go look that up. I don't know what it's somewhere. Listen to the entire back catalog of SGU and it's fine. Um, yeah. Then I with Cogdis, e- what
0: eight years of it or whatever? Right. Yeah. Is? Exactly. Like, it's, it's, it's easy
1: listening. Um, with Cogdis, I think you know we did uh, citation needed in the city, and it's like you know we did one of those the the infamous Jean-Benet Ramsey uh, ones that is never to be recorded, and I definitely don't Probably have a recording of it um mm-hmm. and so uh it those are fun because it's like it was just like a set you know like i just had to set up like the physical stuff um but that, that's like there's there there were situations with that which were were funny because it's like we're in proximity to like nice families eating their dinner and they hear you know <laughs> eli scream john bonnet ramp you know and just like these yeah. songs from his wife and stuff yeah. so there's like is funny things about just these cast of characters in public when they almost certainly should not be in public, these people. I mean, sure. any of them, you or Gogdist, they're just, they belong in a bunker and they should just keep doing the podcast and that's where they live. So, anyway. <laughs> they're <laughs> I, two
0: very different podcasts. Very different. Sure. Yeah,
1: but surprisingly, there is a crossover audience or people, you know, it slowly came out that they, there was a crossover audience that also knew me because of this, like these two plat or at least two podcasts, which I still like to play up the idea that there's two Ian's, which I mean, there definitely are two. I, Eans. I honestly was not, not sure. Not
0: I feel like there was a whole year there where I was like, wait, is that, is that like, cause only occasionally you would hear your voice yeah, um, on uh, SGU. Yeah. And sounded like you, but I right.
1: <laughs> and it is pretty wild. Like to be honest, like to anybody who thinks like, I'm not like, uh, uh, in, in awe sort of of this is like there is and i've i've said this to the guys a couple times maybe maybe not too much so it doesn't you know boost their ego but like you know (laughs) i used to listen to the sgu like years before and same with Cogdis years before i mean like 40 years and you know they were just like the they were the ones that kind of like brought me to skepticism and atheism and like all that stuff so it's like it's pretty wild to also now be working for them and now like i know the inner workings of it and how uh dysfunctional they all are (laughs) and not put together i'm just kidding (laughs) but they're like once you get into that world it's pretty wild like how funny they are because like my family is also uh, like italian on, on one side so like the novellas are very like typical italians like that i kind of grew up with and then <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. uh cecil you know is also italian and then like tom and like it's just like they're such funny everybody's like they're just awesome people and it just goofballs and it just started with you sending them an email literally awesome and emails, huh? I, you know and, and i sent an email to the sgu years before and i actually have a picture with uh steve before they knew me like i, I just uh, went to okay. one of the events um, because I was like, "Oh, Steve's gonna be this is pretty cool," and now it's it's hilarious because like I just hang out in their kitchen sometimes. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you just gotta take the shot, man. Just like send an email, just like a podcast, and uh, or, or or whatever scenario, you want to do. They say,
0: they say no directly. Yeah, and, uh, most likely you just won't hear back. But right, yeah, because they a, get in There's inundated. a chance you will hear back and get an opportunity. So.
1: Yeah, there's I mean, I know a lot of other people that did the same thing with other really popular podcasts out there. Um, that kind of just were like fans and they're like, Hey, you need help with like X and like stuff like that. And I've I've done that to a couple other podcasts and never heard back. But like, you know, just keep keep doing it, be plugging it. And if you want this to be what you want to do, I will say it's like you're with what I do, I'm I don't have you know time off or I don't I don't not work. Like I'm always essentially working, even though like I can make my own schedule and I don't have a typical nine to five. It's I'm I'm always on call, so there's a stress in that, especially with family life, mm-hmm. that you got, and especially that now that I have a baby. It's like you gotta figure out some balance, and I'm very bad at that, mm-hmm. um, honestly. But it's it's also it's super fun. It's just like it's also how I grew up. My father is the same way. It's like we're kind of a weird workaholics in that like we'll have exceptionally lazy days where we're just like forget it, I'm not doing crap, and then we'll just have nonstop of like 12 hours of just like in the trenches kind of stuff. And it's, I don't know. It's the way I like to live. It's probably not good for your heart, but whatever. (laughs) Fuck it. We're going to die anyway in 2021. So who cares?
0: It sounds (laughs) like you landed on something that, You'd probably find yourself doing it in your spare time if you weren't getting paid for it. Literally, is... I, yeah, we've
1: had these discussions of like, if yeah. I had, you know, one lottery or whatever, what would I do? And it's like, I can't imagine honestly giving up any of the things I'm doing. I would just exactly. do them even in, more insane. Like, I would just, ha- there would be untolds amount of technology. I mean, this like, this house would probably catch on fire because of all the tech. But, <laughs> um, yeah, that's... So maybe it's good that I'm not a millionaire, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's really, it is a passion thing, even no matter the stress.
0: So. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Ian, for, for taking the time. Of course. My um, pleasure. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wish you luck on the upcoming 12 hour live stream for, for SGU. you. Mm-hmm. Um, all of your future projects. Are, are there any future efforts that you want to plug besides the
1: twelve-hour? Uh, we have some cool things from the SGU coming up. We have you know a bunch of other things with uh, Cogdis and Citation needed that we have in the pipe that we were working on. Some other digital, you know, uh, infrastructure and expansions. Um, my stuff. You know, if you want to watch my stream, you can find it. Uh. But it's a it's a secret. Does it have a URL? Or it does. That? It does have a URL. Could find uh, so which you can find. For, yeah, some people know it. Some people don't. I it's it, I, I I know super I like cagey. <laughs> I'm a little cagey, Obviously, it's it's kind of part bit part. Like I like (laughs) weeding out the people who don't want it because like if people don't want it, like it's fine. You don't have to like me. Like people don't like my ads. People don't like my, uh, people don't like Gary. Like it's fine. Gary doesn't have to be in everything. (laughs) It's like, you don't have to love me. You can just, you know, accept that I'm editing the podcast or not. So if you do like it, you know, there is, there are people who know it and you can find it and you can judge for yourself whether or not it's worth uh, watching, which, you know, a certain number of people I'm sure have watched it and were like nope got to shut this off oh my face um <laughs> almost, so we almost saw it yeah almost
0: but but you are not the christian guitarist songwriter <laughs> of the same name
1: <laughs> no i'm not that dude and he has just, the screen url and i want that ian galman.com <laughs> i just want to be clear for anyone who does try to find you like
0: not, not the same,
1: either. although you could. I mean, if you want to go up to that dude and say glory hole, you I don't know what'll happen, something might happen. Good luck so, with that.
0: good luck with that, dude. Maybe, uh, maybe call from a <laughs> private number. You do yeah, that. <laughs> I don't know, that's weird, <laughs> yeah.
1: but uh, yeah, so it's it, yeah, so I'm a little cagey, but it's fun, it's it's fun for me. Eventually, everybody will know. And I, you know, if people ask, I'm I'm not one to hold back information, but I usually don't offer it up. It's just kind of a fun thing that i do so i do appreciate you taking the time investigating <laughs> investigative journalism that you've done um which is fun well, it was great to catch
0: up with the engineer behind some of the podcasts that i listen to <laughs> yeah. every week and, and love so um yeah um thanks for taking the time thanks for meeting with me and um i wish you the best uh, hopefully we'll, we'll try again sometime soon
1: excellent thank you you too